nigga Zachariah made it I need the good and breathe Baby girl, I need to check She said that she fucking with me I fucking show respect Tell me she love how I work I thoroughly keep her impressed I'm something she ain't never seen I told her she'll never forget I need the good and breathe Baby girl, I need to check She said that she fucking with me I fucking show respect Tell me she love how I work I thoroughly keep her impressed Of something she ain't never seen I told her she'll never forget They said don't bring sand to the beach And go to the beach for the sand I'm loving my lady's physique I show whenever I can She gon' put it all on me She see that I been had a plan The money don't make her come Instead it's the person that I really am In love with the way that she think when she talking I listen like it was my job And she can be honest with me Cause I tell her the truth, no it ain't a facade Yes I used to run through the streets of these freaks Never worry about what it might cost Ever since I've been focused on growth Can't recall when I suffered a loss I need the good and free Welcome back to the podcast everyone Today I'm with a Seattle artist Who just released his latest project It's called A Day in the Life it's my pleasure to introduce Blackskin. What's up, y'all? Hell yeah. yeah. So with the, with the name with Blackskin, I think it's a pretty straightforward why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely black. <laughs> there we go. So how long have you been making music now, man? Uh, Now it's been like five and a half, almost six years. So it's still kind of the start almost. Like mm. this is when things start getting for real, you know? Dude, you have some pretty well... Like some pretty dope connections in Seattle. Like uh, when I've I've been doing this podcast for like two years now, mm-hmm. and you're definitely one of the first artists I've even ever heard of. Yeah, I I remember you you hit me a while back, and then it just like got disconnected Fucking from like me not checking DMs in the pandemic too. And <laughs> so like I'm glad we're here today though. Yes, but, sir, yeah. man. Like uh, you've always been. You're like a born and bred Seattle artist. Then yeah, yeah man. Born and raised. I've went to school through the city. Uh, lived from like the CD to the South End, so like I'm pretty well versed in how Seattle is and the inner workings of it. Yes, sir. And yeah. I feel like you did you go to school for basketball or anything, man? I feel like you're well, an athletic man. Okay, so the basketball, I I did play ball for a while. I played like rec ball. I played AAU ball. Tried out for basketball for like the high school team, but I never played like uh, on the actual team. Really? Although. I was supposed to go to, I believe, Seattle Academy for basketball. Like, Damn. but I was on the waiting list. I understood that it costs money to go to a private school, and my mom was like a single mom, so I was like, let's just not call them back mm. and just go to public school. You know, and like, tell the audience how tall you are. You're a tall man, six foot three. That's with crazy. my shoes off. So, <laughs> <laughs> with my shoes on, I still don't know how tall I am because it varies. But yeah. like six foot three is a, a solid marking. So as a Music been always been one of your main hobbies and uh, things you've been interested in? I mean, I've loved music for the longest. Like, uh, growing up, my sister had this, like, big-ass CD book with, like, mm. it had, like, hella shit in there from, like, Ludacris to Missy Elliott to, like, uh, Jay-Z, like, Reasonable Doubt Jay-Z, mm. you know, like, Red Man and Method Man. She had all sorts of stuff in there. So I used to just go through those all the time and listen to all sorts of music. And, like, so I've always loved it, but... I didn't start making it until uh, 20, 2016. I just like quit my job one day because it was like super depressing. And, How sure were you working? Uh, I was working at six, six rent a car. Yeah, okay, it, it's a it's like a, a German like luxury car rental like place, but like it was like the beginning of their shit. So they had just moved here, had no fleet, everything was stressful, and like mm. the employees just had to take all the fucking you know lashings for that and so i was just like nah quit and then i started doing delivery stuff and one day i was listening to tribe called quest midnight marauder and uh i don't remember exactly what song but i heard fife dog rap and i literally just in my head was like i could do that and i started writing that day holy shit Uh, and you didn't have like any music connections at that point uh not really like uh well kind of so when I was uh, in middle school, uh, my cousin, uh, Jugga Hill, he was like an artist from that era, from Seattle. Uh, we used to like sell CDs on the street and I used to oh, go shit. out there with them and just do my thing. Cause like I was super young, just trying to get some money in my pocket. And so I was just out there selling CDs <laughs> and like, 
it was cool like it, it i met a lot of like music people out here but like by the time i started making music most of those people had phased out of making music mm -hmm. and it was just kind of like a fresh start uh although a few people kind of knew who i was it was really just a fresh start when i started damn how mm -hmm. old were you when you first started uh two it was 2016 i was 21 i think oh shit no that's there's no way because i'm 20 yeah, actually, 21, because I'm 26 now, so. And it just really just popped out of nowhere. Yeah, it, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I, I always, like, loved music. I loved words. Uh, in, like, third grade, I had, like, a 10th grade reading level. So oh, I was, like, shit. always just in love with the words. Like, I can look at a word and, like, break it down and figure out what it means without looking at a dictionary. You Damn. know, like, and so, like, that mixed together is, like, hip-hop, it will be the best genre to, you know, to step into. So like growing up in in the CD was like hip hop the main music we listened to like because of your sister or like even outside of just like family music and all that like were there hip hop influences with like artists and you said you sold CDs but like did you know there was like a music scene going on that was hip hop I wasn't like I wasn't really like into the music scene up until like high school that's when I started getting into like music scene but before I listened to hip hop music. Um, my my dad's from St. Kitts and Nevis, which is like a little two island nation in the Caribbean. Oh gosh, and you're Caribbean? Mom, yeah. That's and dope. My mom is from Honduras. And so Oh shit. Uh both of like with my dad being from where he was, there's a lot of reggae, a lot of uh like calypso, a lot of just like uh like dance hall music. Mm -hmm. And then my mom being where she's from, you got like uh, a bunch of um what do you call that music? Uh you got reggaeton, you got like bachata music, you got like, uh, uh, she's from a specific group of people in Honduras called Garifuna people, and they have their own type of music. And so right. like, I've just been around so much different stuff. And like, yeah. I was into like jazz music too. So I would listen to KWJZ when it was like a real thing on the radio. And like, I just love music, bro. That's so, crazy. Like, so like, you're... How did your parents meet? Like, cause those are completely different places, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think they met in New York because oh. that's where they moved from when they moved, like when they migrated to America, they moved to New York. Um, and my mom lived in, I think my mom and dad lived in the Bronx and that's where they met. And then they moved to this side after they had like their first three children, I believe. Wait, how many siblings do you have? I have nine siblings. Oh my so. god! <laughs> yeah, I know. So there's ten of us. It's, it's a lot, man. Oh it's a lot. God. Yeah. Do, you, does your mom and dad each have a lot of siblings as well? Um, my mom's got two. Twenty-four. Twenty-four. <laughs> <laughs> I think my mom's got four, and then my dad's got uh, my dad's got one sibling. How the fuck did they pull out 10 then? Yeah, I don't know, man. I think my dad just like wanted a tribe of people. Or, like, so Tribe called Quest. Yeah, man. <laughs> Here we are now, 10 of us. So where are you? Are you like the middle child, the youngest child? No, I'm third from last. Oh, shit. Yeah, so there's two younger than me. Uh, both of them are like pretty artistic. Like, I think the artistic gene like bit like mm. at me and then just went to the last two and then, you know. Like my older siblings are kind of artistic, but they never like stuck with it. Um, I'm the only one who just like kind of stepped out of the box and decided mm -hmm. to just do it for real. Are any of your siblings still in school then, or? Um, no, actually, no, actually, my older sister goes to St. John. Oh, so she's the only one still in school. So, how old's the youngest, and how old's the oldest? Oldest is 32, I believe. Oh, damn maybe yeah 32 youngest is 21 that's crazy and are, yeah. are you guys all in seattle or spread uh, out nah we're most of us are here um not like in seattle but like further south like federal federal way like Auburn. um my younger sister is in like north carolina and my older sister that goes to st john is in new york got it um, other than that we're all here so know? is there more boys or girls in the split half and half five and five <laughs> oh man <laughs> it's God. like super random and like a rare situation to have there that's like wild. so many people and have it split right down the middle it's pretty crazy did you guys all go to the same like elementary school through high school besides once you moved to seattle at least yeah for the most part like the like 
I was the last one to go to the same schools as everybody else. My two younger siblings uh, went to, uh, I don't remember what the school, oh, it's like it's like the Taft school, it's like the technological school in like federal ed thing. Okay. They went there, but I was the last one to go to the same schools as everybody, you know, Leshi, Washington, and Garfield. Okay, like, Those are the three schools. We used to live like down the hill from Garfield, okay. you know, before gentrification and whatnot. Gentrification is so, real in Seattle. Yeah, it's, it's, it's completely different than I remember, but I like to do things that keep it, you know, <laughs> that keep it Seattle. And how was that? Uh, like just, you know, smoking weed by white people outside, <laughs> you know, just to kind of make them feel a little uncomfortable. You know, uh, I like playing my music really loud in white neighborhoods. Um, I like to just take walks sometimes and it, it seems like it bothers a lot of those people in the neighborhood. <laughs> so I just do it anyways. Um, you know, sometimes I do a little day drinking outside, you know, nothing crazy, just wine, you know, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I just be fucking with white people. Got a name you know, like They're cool, but like sometimes <laughs> I just be fucking with them. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. So are you completely like half and half, like half Caribbean, half Honduras? Or is it, um, how do you say it? I guess Honduras is the place. Yeah, Honduran? So I, I'm, yeah, Honduran. Some people say Honduran. Some people say Honduran. I honestly don't know which one it is, but <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, so that that's a tough question because I also think I'm like part Guatemalan or some shit. Oh, shit. So like I got to do that ancestry thing. Mm -hmm. That's what I got to do. Yeah. Like, yeah. I should probably do that. I'm pretty sure I'm mixed with a lot of stuff, but as far as I know, it's Honduras and, like, the Caribbean. And do your parents have, like, accents or anything? Yeah, my dad has a Caribbean accent. My mom has, like, this, like, Seattle, New York, Latina accent. Okay. <laughs> so it's, like, this weird mix between all of that them. That sounds it, sassy. It, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is kind of, you know? Like, it's interesting. My mom speaks... Yeah, she her her accent is super weird, but like I think it made for like uh me being able to understand like people with different accents. Yeah. You know, like if I walk into a convenience store and it happens to be an Asian person and they happen to have a heavy accent, I can understand them easier than somebody who oh. is just like American black. Yeah, that's you know a good what I'm point. So like I think that's helped a lot with the different accents my grandma had a crazy like caribbean <laughs> accent it was wild like, that's cr does, so you think seattle has an accent uh yeah i think we uh we we accentuate ease okay like give an example like hella hella <laughs> <laughs> like people say that really hard and like i just say yeah like that i just did the e hella hard for no reason so like i think seattle is big on that um I think that's about it. Other than that, it's like I think it's a force when people try to like make an accent out of Seattle. Like it, that's the only thing. That's crazy. Yeah. So you started releasing music, and then what was the next thing? Like when did you start linking up with artists, or um, what was the next step after writing down music? I well, when I first started, it wasn't actually. It wasn't necessarily to like perform and stuff. I was yeah. just kind of like writing music and putting it out. And then like I got booked for a show by um, Old Milk. He used to oh. be in a, a, a group. I'm not going to say the name of it because I don't know if he wants anybody to really know <laughs> about that. But he used to be in a rap group. Uh, they booked me for a show. And then I found out he made beats. And then we started working together. We put out a few projects uh the most notable one was local dope dealer mm -hmm. um we put that out and then after that uh i just get started doing more shows meeting more people um ended up like kind of just like separating from everybody for a while and then uh then i just start found south end music and he actually went to school with my oldest brother oh shit uh and so he sent me beats uh made a bunch of shit but before that i ended up i went on tour off of a old milk project too i forgot about that part uh, <laughs> that's a big part <laughs> yeah it, 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 was, it was it was like it wasn't nothing crazy like people always say tour and they're like oh yeah tour is the best that shit's stressful man that shit's stressful it cost a lot of money and you usually stink <laughs> <laughs> those three things are pretty bad but uh yeah i went on tour off of a, a old milk project and then i met up with south and uh the day we came back from the tour into that so uh, what year was this 
20 nah yeah 2019 2019 oh shit so this was all right before the pandemic mm-hmm. yeah so, so where was the was the tour just in washington did you leave the nah we we drove to portland and then we went to chicago Oh, just, but just Chicago was just random. We just was like, <laughs> let's go to Chicago. And we drove all the way to Chicago, came back, went to uh, San Francisco, did San Diego, and then we did, I can't remember what the last place was, but it was Southern California. And then we came back and did our like homecoming Seattle show at the Rendezvous. Hey. Yeah. So you kind of did this, this thing where you just start locally and then you just like build your way up did you like do open mics at all or yeah i did open okay. mics uh at there was like this spot around the corner from columbia city theater um jay fitty used to do an open mic there and i used to go there all the time um cafe red used to have an open mic up there i still would go to open mics like once everything opens up i'm going to go yes, to open sir. mics. like i'm gonna travel different places and just pop up at an open mic you know, and I think that's honestly the best way to like build a fan base as mm-hmm. a uh, as an up and coming artist, because it's like it lets you let go of whatever pride or ego you got, because you're at an open mic, like you, what do you, like you can't have any of that there. Yeah. You know? So you just go and you perform. But yeah, those are the open mics I did, Cafe Red and whatever that spot is around the corner from. So you took like yeah. the traditional like path of how to gain followers and get yeah. music out. Yeah, cause yeah, I. I think, uh, how old are you? I'm 20. Okay, so I have this theory in my head, right? Yes. Where people that are like, that were born in 95, uh, 96 is an exception, but there's like a cutoff. I can't remember what month it is, but those people were uh, exposed to not having internet mm. and then having internet. Right. So like, I know how to use the internet and all that stuff. (laughs) And I know how to do the people thing at the same time, you know? And so I think uh, a lot of times nowadays you have people on the younger end of life and they just know how to do the internet thing and they struggle at, you know, getting in front of people and actually being a human. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so like, that's where I feel like I have my, like, oh, I have the strength at, you know what I'm saying? And so like, uh, yeah, I took the traditional path doing like the people to people. I used to sell my own CDs in, mm. like at different festivals and at Seattle Center. That's when people like still kind of use CDs. Like now they don't, but right. I used to do that and did the open mics. But then I also, you know, decided to learn how to do like uh, all the, you know, placing ads and, and making sure you pick your proper demographics, figuring out who your demographic is, you know, and like making sure that uh, you know how to direct your stuff towards them uh, so that you actually get a return off what you're doing online. And there's still some stuff I'm figuring out. Like I'm no expert by no means, but uh, that's where I feel like I have my upper hand. Like I can do both. Mm -hmm. Is it important for you to like feature on other people's projects? Not really for me personally, because like uh, where the where where me making music comes from it doesn't come from a place of like i gotta blow up i gotta do this i got like it's really just i'm just doing what i do like i'm speaking my everyday life over a beat like writing tiny poems and sticking them together essentially you know what i'm saying so it's never been important for me to feature on other people's projects but if i really like what you do then i'll easily feature on your project you know like it just has to be like an actual like a genuine like like for what you do versus me saying oh you're popular i want to feature on your music you know so when you said you stepped away from people was that a hiatus or you just focused on just doing your own thing with music or um well so i did take a hiatus but then there was also a moment where i just like stepped away from people because like uh seattle as a as a scene um has a tendency of uh how do I put this? Has a tendency of of a crab in the barrel type mentality. Mm. And the moment when someone does something of acknowledgement, there's a lot of people who have something to say against right. what they're doing. And that generally comes from a place of subjectivity versus actual opinion, or not opinion, uh, versus advice or anything. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so... I had to take a moment and basically understand that the world is bigger 
You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so much. Like, we drove from here to Chicago, and there's so much empty land. Like, the world is so big. Like, the United <laughs> States alone is so big. So, like, why am I worried or bothered about, you know, what's what's small? You know, like, everything's so much bigger. And on top of that, like, humans are so insignificant, bro. Like, <laughs> and so, like, like you got to give your best to 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 the world so that everybody yeah. can then do what they got it like i feel like everybody being in the right position is like a form of god you know what i'm saying and like everybody has to give their best to the world and you can't give your best to the world if you're stuck in an environment that doesn't allow you to do so right. so it's more mental than you know than it is actual you know where you're at does that was it like hard for you to step away then like was it like hurtful for you yourself or nah, like I mean like everybody got feelings so some yeah. things hurt you know what I'm saying but like at the end of the day I feel like that like things like that motivate me you know to just do what I got to do because I'm really like I'm really like a super loner type person mm. you know like I don't really like a lot of people around me <laughs> like I I don't I always say I don't like people I like individuals you yeah. know what I'm saying people who have their own thought process people who uh who can actually explain how they came to a conclusion versus just coming to a conclusion. You know what I'm saying? Can you give an example of that? Like, uh, most people, most people believe in God, but don't believe in themselves. Hmm. You believe in God because somebody else told you to, or you read a book that made you believe it was true. And I'm not saying he's not real, but you believe in something you can't see, but you can see yourself in the mirror, but you don't believe in yourself. Damn. You know what I've been realizing? Well, I think my family's talked to me a lot about it too. Cause I'm like, since the pandemic, I think I've focused on, I focused on myself a lot. And now I'm like focused cause I'm back in the world mm -hmm. focusing on my surroundings. And it's kind of crazy. Like how many people are like a either <laughs> crazy or like sad or whatever. Like a lot of people in the world have a ton of issues. Yeah. And I'm like, Holy shit. How did I just walk through life and not notice this shit? I mean, there's a beauty to that, though, to like being able to walk through life and just not really, you know, notice it because it leaves you naive enough to be able to just kind of like be yeah. instead of just like existing in society. Like yeah. you're able to actually be um, my friend sent me this thing uh, about heroism and how there's like different types of heroism and everybody finds heroism in like specific things they do like their job or their religion or mm. or um and just anything they'll find heroism in that and like the best way to be okay with how the world works is to understand that everybody is insignificant and at the end of the day you can't be a hero you just gotta yeah. be like yeah. damn you can't save everyone yeah like that yeah you can't and like at the end of the day i think it's like a lot of people will realize things like that eventually it's just like a timing difference for everybody um maybe some people never will maybe i'm wrong <laughs> i don't know <laughs> where do you find your heroes heroism um that's a good question hmm I think I find my heroism in like being able to identify my flaws and in making changes to, you know, fix. I I wouldn't say fix, but uh, I guess uh, buff away the flaws. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like they're never fully gone, but you, sometimes you're able to buff out a lot of it. You know what I'm saying? But like that's where I find my heroism because I feel like if I can be my best self then the people around me can be their best selves then like i can feed whatever whatever information knowledge or anything that i have into my family to allow them to be them best their best selves it just creates a, a better lineage after you're gone bring the mic a little closer by that yes does that is that something is that a mindset you found before covid even because i feel like a lot of people found um different things in themselves during COVID. it was there it was there but like i think i got distracted for a while by like 
what most people find in music, which is popularity and all the things that come with it. You know, I got lost in like the sauce. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I definitely got lost in the sauce. <laughs> but uh, I think, you know, when I decided to step away from everybody and just like figure figure out what I'm doing, where I'm going, I think that was the moment where I was able to be more clear um, about just like what I want when it's all said and done, you know, because there's a lot of stuff in life that doesn't matter at all. Yeah. You know? And we put so much value on it when we would take if we take the value off of it then those things will just become tools to what you actually want to do. Yeah. So is it, is it intentional that you work with like specific producers for like when you do a project, it seems like you lock in with one specific producer. Yeah. Um, I love like, uh, currency is my favorite artist. So right? he just dropped a project yesterday. Yeah. We dropped a project on the same day. Hey. Which is like, yeah. <laughs> he comes to but, Seattle all the time, dude. Yeah. I opened for him in like 2018. Oh shit. Yeah. I've done a lot of things out here. I've done a lot of random things. I don't like, I don't be like, I'm the coolest motherfucker. Cause <laughs> I did all this. Like I is, is, is like, I feel like I've already accomplished a lot of my dreams. So everything I do right now is just like a plus. Hell yeah. Like, I like that. Yeah. But, yeah, I do like to lock in with one producer. Currency's one of my favorites. Uh, Freddie Gibbs is one of my favorites. And they mm. do these things with like the Alchemist, Mad Lib, where they just like do an entire project. And uh, it's, I feel like it, it, it makes for a more cinematic uh, vibe. And yeah. so I kind of took that and started locking in with like one producer and producing and having them produce a bunch of shit and like, and, and putting it all together like and so that's that's one of my favorite things to do is to like put a full project together like i hate singles like mm. i i hate putting out singles like i feel like it's a waste of my time because that's not what i'm here to do and it seems like some of your eps are like shorter is that because you rather do something shorter than just to release a single yeah um people's attention span my attention span ain't that long you know? <laughs> so like i understand like once you start getting into like the 30 40 minutes of a like project a yeah people are like i'm not listening no more uh but if you can keep it at like 15 to 20 minutes but still provide multiple tracks mm -hmm. like people are more likely to listen to the whole thing i'm more likely to listen i always use ooh, Oop, no, i always no. use myself as a meter like i'm if i'm more likely to listen to it then i'm pretty sure somebody else will too yeah you know? yeah so like i just like to keep it all short and concise you know less words uh, that's what poetry is based off of, you know, using specific words to get the point across. And yes. so I use less words in a specific manner so that I can get the point across immediately instead of rapping in circles and then touching a point, you know. Mm -hmm. It yeah. seems like you enjoy, uh, you're an artist who really enjoys like sampling in their music. Yeah. I'm like, huge into that. I don't make music, but like the, the hip hop art, artists I love the most are people who sample a lot. Yeah. It's a, uh, it provides like, ambiance warmth and yeah. like like i'm a big like colors to sound person so like i like my music to sound like yellow and orange mm. like real like rich and warm you know like and so uh sampling does a lot of that because of uh, the a lot of it comes from vinyl and like i like to take little samples out of my favorite like tv shows and movies and stuff like because yeah. i feel like a lot of them are like my got some life. pretty funny ones man yeah like <laughs> when i made disconnect two, all of those samples came from black jesus oh shit. and you wouldn't think that because that show's just funny as hell but like everything came from black jesus and there was like sort of like i wanted to make the whole project kind of like kind of like a joke undertone but like for real like i was serious but like then everything ends off on kind of like a haha yeah you know, just kind of next song after that you know so like yeah, I use it to just kind of like break things up, make it like less like just music, you know, tell a story. And what's, what's your uh, what's your thing with Betty White? Man, I don't know. <laughs> She's just dope as hell. Like I used to watch Golden Girls with my grandma when I was a oh, kid all shit. the time. And so like she's always my favorite because she was just kind of like clueless, but she was still smart. Like, but she was also just extra clueless, you know? And so like, and she's still around. She had that show for a while. Um, it was like a prank show. I don't remember what it was called. Oh. 
but she had that show and she's like she's still she got a commercial on podcast talking about Smokey the Bear now you know like she's really out here doing it like and she's goals for me as far as like longevity like longevity she does it like she's been in the game for a long time <laughs> yes like, sir yeah he's got a Blackskin's got a song called Betty and also one called Betty White. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I just like old people names too. Because <laughs> Betty was the name of my like car. I had a red Volvo and I oh, named shit. it Betty. Yeah. I think yeah, I think I like old people names too. I think that's it. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> which one which one do you like better though? The Betty song or the Betty White song? Mm, they both hold a special place in my heart. Betty White was created on a beat that was going to be thrown away mm. that beat was going to be thrown away or or just tucked away and not used and i was like let me have that and that was the first song i made with zachariah which he produced the entire day in the life um betty that song it was kind of like a free write that i actually ended up liking him putting making a real song you mm. know like so supernatural i think Damn. I think if I had to pick, I'd pick Betty White. Go stream that right now, everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also stream Betty. Yes, sir. <laughs> so how did you uh how'd you connect with Zachariah, you said? Uh yeah. Um he so I used to sell CDs everywhere and I was at I think like Fremont Festival or something like that. Um, I was selling CDs and he walks up to me and he was like, yo, like, let me see what you got. And I showed him my CDs and gave him the whole rundown. And he was like, yeah, I'll buy some, but like, you gotta, like, you gotta rap for me. Mm. This is when I was first starting. And I was like, all right, where? And he was the first like young person that did that to me. You know, usually it's like older dudes that do that, but he was the first young person. So I was like, all right, cool. Let me, let me rap for him. And I rap for him. And he was like, all right, all right, that was dope. And then he just started rapping. And I was <laughs> like, yo, what the fuck? And I was like, all right, dope. He still bought the CD, went back to, he was working there. Yeah. And he had saw me earlier. So that's how we, like, ah. you know, and then so he went back to his tent that he was working at. Um, and then after that, like we just got in contact online, then we started hanging out and we just were super similar. So we just kept hanging out and that's like that's like my brother now. Like Damn. like he's a dope dude, like super dope dude. So this this was a long time coming project. Yeah, yeah. He didn't start making beats until like 2000, 2018. Um he still raps, I believe, but he's more so making beats right now. But yeah, it it, it was a long time coming because he took a long time like locking himself in a room, learning how to make beats and not just make your simple like Fruity Loops beats, mm -hmm. but like make the sound you're trying to go for, like create that sound instead of just settling for what's popular, you know? And yeah, then that's how it came together. Like it's it's been five and a Dope half project. almost six years you know and here we are now hell yeah and how, how did you meet uh carter wilson uh carter wilson he i think he uh i think he just booked me for a show one time Shit. yeah and then we were just cool after that he was a super creative dude and i just like i like how he puts his visuals together it the visuals and his sound always matches perfectly and if it if it doesn't match, it doesn't match on purpose. And that was the point, you mm -hmm. know, like, and I like people who are creative like that, who can like, who, yeah, who can just match their visuals to their sounds. And yeah, he's just a super dope dude. Uh, we ended up just doing a bunch of shows together and we just like stayed connected after that. Hell yeah. I, um, yeah, I met Black Skin, uh, how long was that? Like a month ago now? You, you yeah. performed at Throwbacks yeah, that's when we, Yeah, yeah, that's when we like actually like, formally met yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah and um carter was actually one of my first guests he was um i went to a code of the friend show and he was opening with them with all his mm. brothers because he has tim and two other brothers yeah and um he's like a returning guest he's been on the podcast twice so like we we stay in contact and that was cool to finally meet you through carter basically yeah, man Car any anybody carter introduces me to is a good person so i'm, I'm glad to have <laughs> met you <laughs> yes sir so how long overall has this project taken, like, to make? Um, it was written. Um, it was written in the middle of quarantine. Um, I had the beats for a while. I just didn't really 
could do anything with them. I was trying to figure like there was a lot of stuff in my life I was trying to figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, wrote it in like honestly, like two weeks, like fine tuning all the lyrics themselves. Like wrote it really quickly. Um, it just kind of came natural once I turned the beats back on again. Um, and then um, mixing took mixing was the longest process on this. Uh, it took almost like a month and a half, two months. Uh, Poison Jams, he mixed the whole thing. Yes, sir. Uh, and then, yeah, it's so all in all, like, I mean, if you count from writing till now, it's probably been like a year. But uh, actually working on it, it's been like four months, I would say. Damn. Yeah. Do you know Bryce Bowden? Ooh, he, why does that sound, why does his name sound familiar? He's a returning guest on the podcast as well he's dope he um his last project he just released oh fuck when did he release it he released it a couple months ago it's called future world changer mm. and poison jams produced i mean mixed and mastered that too okay i probably see i probably met him so i'm good with faces bad mm. with names he's so a white I, rapper <laughs> probably met him yeah i I've, I've if yeah if he yeah i probably met him yeah so what like what artists in seattle do you usually like surround yourself by um I'm I'm a loner, so there's not a lot of them. Mm. But uh, say like Carter Wilson, um, Evie. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of him yet. He's he's Mm-mm. he's pretty pretty dope. He reminds I would say if you like Burner or E40, he's a good person to listen to. Oh shit. Um, let's see, uh, Charlie Cash. It, she's a great musician from out here. Oh, I think I've um, seen her perform. Yeah, she's pretty dope. She's pretty dope. Uh, ooh. Um, Will Nova. Okay, yeah, yeah. He's about um, to have a show. Yeah, uh, I think we got a show on the same day. I got a show in Bellingham that day, so oh, I don't know if I'll be able to make it. But who knows? If something cancels, we'll see what happens. It's COVID right now, so. So have you done a pretty good job of making like a solid fan base? Um, in Seattle, yes. Um, I would say that is a solid fan base. Um, but. I think that people in general, uh, actually, no, let's see, let's say this, the way I created the fan base and the way I've, uh, the way I've gotten my information out to my fan base has not been the best idea in the long run. Mm. Uh, Instagram is what I'm talking about in particular, uh, with every, with all the changes Instagram makes, it makes it harder to do the same things that I did just a year ago. You know what I'm saying? So now I'm on this thing where uh, vertical integration like I have to have individual contact with each person like you know what I'm saying if you get a thousand people you got individual contact that you know fucks with what you're doing you can make that work for you forever if you really if that's really what you wanted just those a thousand people so yeah. I just started discord server hey. you know just having people go in there I got my own business line now I got that like attached to everything so people can like hit me up and like so I think that's the better way to go about building the fan base now, you know, but I think it's pretty solid right now. Like, it's not like, it's not shaky. You know, I know how to get my shit out there. That's know? dope. Do you have a team at all or a manager or anything? Just me. Oh, just shit. me. Uh, yeah, man, just me. <laughs> like, I had a manager before, um, but, you know, he, he wants to create music too. And I believe that, you know, if that's what you want to do, that you should go and do what you got to do you know and he mm-hmm. does create great music too Rashid Smiley he's gonna drop music I don't know when but when he <laughs> drops it everybody should listen but yeah like he used to manage me he you know stepped away to go to go and create his own music and since then I just been you know like figuring out all the back-end stuff like it's been fun learning all this uh new information how to market things property properly uh learning about ads uh learning about how ads actually work because i don't think people understand how like can you give an example of how that works like uh so you got an ad and you got your budget and uh basically every eye on instagram everybody like whoever is placing ads is uh bidding for a second in front of your eyes Mm -hmm. and if somebody comes with a bigger budget they're gonna outbid you like they're going to outbid you so there are smarter ways to go about things than just promoting your stuff on instagram wait so if you're if you're only spending like five dollars on an ad versus someone spending like 
let's even say like a hundred. Do you think the person with a hundred has a better chance? Yeah, much better chance. There's people out there that put millions of dollars into ads on Instagram alone. Jesus. So like people got to understand that's what you're competing with. What you're not competing with is when you create good music and you find genuine, authentic, organic outlets and you send your music to them. It's that simple. Mm. What are some examples of those outlets? Um, you got uh, you got Represent Radio in London. You got uh, LNDBRS, I believe. I don't even know what that fucking stands <laughs> for, but it's some random London shit. Uh, you can also do simple <laughs> things like going on uh, going on fucking Submit Hub. Okay. Like you can find a bunch of blogs and whatnot from there. Uh, and then you have, um, there's a new one that I just picked up. Mm. Here, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me open the phone. Cause yeah. that's where all the, yeah, all the no stuff worries. is at. Do you think it's important to like find like Seattle outlets? Like, do you think respect my region or like KXP? Well, do you think not even from like a rude way or anything? Do you think those outlets actually help? boost people's music or is it better is it just better at having more eyes on who you are no i mean i think i think it does help uh, i've had music on kxp i've uh i think oh like at the sometime at the beginning of my career i had a write-up with respect my region um but what i also believe is that if you hyper focus on the small things mm. you don't ever get the big things accomplished right so i'd much rather reach out to a blog from Chicago that's got like a couple thousand followers that like fucks with genuine music is going to actually push my music versus a, a blog or a station that's already established that's going to grab the artist that's more established than you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. There's a way to play these things because at the end of the day, if you're from here and you learn how to market yourself outside of here and actually grow a fan base outside of here, Seattle will claim you regardless. They will put you in the forefront. They will show. They will put you on these blogs and put you on the site. And that's with any city. Damn. You know what I'm saying? And so point. I think people play a backwards games by backwards game by trying to focus on where they live or their hometown. Like it's beautiful to be a hometown hero, and I understand why everyone wants it. I get yeah. it, but it's not going to be everybody. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good point. Like when I. If there's a specific podcast episode I want to promote, if it's like with a bigger artist, I actually just I post on like Reddit and find like Reddit threads. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Like yeah. I, one of my favorite guests, his name is Joe Jazz. Mm. He's from the UK. Okay. And um, he won what was it called? Vans, musicians most wanted, like the oh, sneak nice. the sneaker store Vans or skateboard store. Wow. Um, they have like a they have like a what is it? A contest. Mm-hmm. And each year, like a different artist in the industry, like promotes that contest, like hosts it. I mean, so like last year it was Anderson Pac. Mm. So we got to Anderson Pac, like reviewed his video and everything like that. And it was like, it's really dope. But he found me because I was promoting a clip with, do you know who Django is? Yeah, I, I was, like him. Yeah, yeah he's dope. Yeah. I was promoting a clip with Django where Django was like, I saved JID's life because basically JID was like in the middle of the road and croc at the crocodile and his car almost hit him. So oh, he had to like shit. pull him away from the <laughs> get, getting hit by a car. Wow. And I just posted that like 30 second clip on Reddit. Mm -hmm. And then Joe Jazz saw that all the way from the UK because I posted under like JID and that's how I got that interview with Joe Jazz. That's dope. And that, that you're 20 years old. That was some <laughs> smart 20 year old shit right there, man. Like, I commend you for that because you know how to use the internet, and that was the proper <laughs> way to use the internet. Like, that, yeah, that, and I think that is a perfect example of what most artists should be doing, you know? Yeah. Like, I think a lot of artists no longer f focus on making the quality music, like uh, lyrics and all. Like, mm -hmm. so. It, it's harder to do something like that if that makes sense yeah um because people aren't like genuinely into it people genuinely like, usually get into an artist because they're doing some like you know like publicity stunt or some gimmick you know what i'm saying and they're into the gimmick more than they are into the artist mm -hmm. but when you create authentic music like authentically good music you know that you put your time into making sure every corner is touched like then you can do things like that. You yeah. Know? yeah, I think a lot of shitty artists are actually helping highlight producers. 
because most people want to find something good in a yeah, song. Yeah, that's how Kenny Beats got popping. Oh, okay. Like, you know, no offense to any of the artists <laughs> he works with, but a lot of them be like shitty actual rappers. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. It is what it is. I like shitty music too. <laughs> like, so yeah, who doesn't? I, you know, Every like, once in a while. There's some shitty music that I like and there's some that I don't. And a lot of the Kenny Beats stuff is dope mostly because the production and, you know, like, yeah, mostly because the production, you know, so... Mm. I like to not be that guy, though. You know, I like yeah. to make sure that my raps are on point. Yes, sir. Yeah. It was dope seeing you perform live at Throwbacks Northwest. Yeah, that was that was a fun one. That was my first performance in, like, it had been, like, a year and a half since oh, the pandemic shit. started. So it was pretty dope to, like, get back in front of people, you know, see the stuff I got to work on and go back home and practice and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do you have any goals for the, the end of 2021 leading to 2022? Mm-hmm really just you know just keep like keep growing every day like you know turn one to two every day turn two to three every day like as long as i'm moving forward like my goals are met you know like learning every day about the things that i you know want to do like the advertising and the marketing learning how to do that part so that i can make life easier learning new things you know learning new words hell yeah like, just you know just want to keep learning man i test out my new words on the podcast and sometimes those words turn mm. <laughs> shout out the scarlet park interview <laughs> uh. <laughs> um sometimes my words are actually incorrect but uh. sometimes you got to test them out with live people i feel it have you heard the words surreptitious <laughs> i don't even know what it is. surreptitious yes what does that mean it means secretive oh, shit. like someone's being surreptitious is is that mostly in a, like a negative way or like stop being so surreptitious, Jennifer? Or <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess it, it kind of gives a negative connotation, but yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure you can use it. I'm gonna start using too, that. Yeah, that was a cool word that I've learned. I have a surreptitious project coming out or something, mm, whatever. Yeah, I don't know if that might actually work i don't know exactly <laughs> like because it's a it's a new word so like i'd be still trying to figure out how to use yeah. it exactly but that might actually work i'm gonna check you know, like your next project it's gonna be like <laughs> <laughs> it's either gonna be the title of a song or it's gonna be thrown into Man, one of the lyrics it, it might it might i use that's what i usually do i just hey. throw my vocabulary words into a <laughs> lyric and, and people just be like what does that mean and i'll tell you exactly what it means <laughs> that's crazy so what's the what's the biggest thing you learned about yourself during this pandemic so far? Uh, biggest thing I learned about myself. Um, mm. I think the biggest thing would probably be like that I don't actually care about much like about a lot of the things people usually care about like I realize that I don't actually care like mm. you know like people or, or not that I don't actually care like I'm not gonna make a big deal out of shit you know just to make a big deal for attention and shit like and I just learned how to like be to myself and you know kind of like embrace the true loner side of myself you know like yeah so I, I think yeah I learned that I'm an extra super loner is <laughs> really and yeah. what have you learned about the the world that is huge yeah. it's huge I sat I put out disconnect too during the pandemic and sat in my house and was able to get that all the way to London like hell yeah the world is huge and you don't have to actually move your feet sometimes to get to somewhere else that's a know? bloody good record or whatever <laughs> that's not even a London accent that was terrible <laughs> Uh, bloody hell <laughs> I don't even want to try it's gonna be bad <laughs> that's crazy well what's your what's your favorite song off your new project favorite song off the new project um sonically Gouda and Brie um content wise soliloquy I think that's the it came out yesterday right uh huh and like the streaming services already pushed soliloquy like to the top of your yeah that one okay so that one was like i was kind of scared to put it out because like mm. i uh i was in the choir from like ele- in elementary school from like kindergarten to fifth grade oh, so i have like 
a tiny, tiny amounts of vocal training. And so I try to use that to my advantage. And I do this like, like sing rap thing sometimes. And like, I did that on soliloquy. Like Very for tasteful the, though. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, did it for the first time in like four years. Like I haven't done that in a song, in a, on a song yeah. in a long time. And I was kind of scared again. And I like the feeling of being scared yes. to put something out. Cause then when people receive it well, it's like, yes, thank you. Like, I appreciate you, you know, like, it puts a stamp on what you do. You know? Yeah, dude, so. I think it's being received well already, man. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. There's still a lot of work to do. I still got a lot of uh, places to submit the music to. I've been up all night submitting music, so like, hey. I'm I'm down for the grind, man. Like, there this is this is the best part of it, you know. Like, then to once you get where you're going, to be able to look back and be like, damn, I really did all that, you know. Like, be able to forget about dope shit you've done, like, <laughs> and just be like, oh, I did that. Like, I forgot. You know, like, that's yeah. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Up all night and then on the NAS podcast. Exactly. You know, what? nothing better than that, man. Nothing better than that. Hell yeah. I'm happy we finally met, man. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I like the setup here. Thank you, you know, so much. Like, Shout out Third Wheel Podcast Studio. Yeah. If you ever want to create a podcast, man, I produce them. So I, let me know. We got to talk because uh, I actually have an idea. Oh, so, shit. Bro, yeah. I'm producing artist podcast. I don't know if you check out, have, if you've checked out Sam LaChow's podcast, but. I seen that. I produced that. that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yes, okay. sir. Well, yeah, we got to talk because I, I got an actual like good idea and I, I think I think it'll be perfect. Dude, we got to do it. We can't talk about it on this podcast. People will take that idea. Yeah, you know? yeah. I got a lot of good ideas that I don't like to say out loud, but they just kind of like sit in my phone because I write them down. Mm. But a lot of them don't get accomplished because like if you just share it out loud, somebody yeah. will just steal it and then you'll be mad that somebody stole it. <laughs> Maybe I should let people steal my ideas and just, you know you're part of the nas community. i'm telling everyone this is a this is a thing i'm just going to be pushing for a while you're part of the nas community now so oh, we got resources it. here for you man yeah I'm, I'm here i got i got i got ideas for your resources so hell let's yeah do it. there we go well what is uh some advice that you have for up-and-coming artists creators influencers um be authentic um like actually authentic not that like act like you're authentic shit like <laughs> be authentic uh Learn how to walk without actually physically moving, you know, Use it, which is utilizing the internet properly. Um, and, like, do not, under any circumstances, build all of your communication with your following on one platform. Mm. Do not do the just Instagram thing. Do not, like, figure out how to fucking vertically vertically integrate that and like get a phone number or start a discord or something but don't don't just don't do that don't just put it on one social media platform or something very true yeah you know i need to i need to start working on that too you're right like i have reddit and stuff but like reddit's a good one though because it's like discord it's it's damn near the same thing yeah um reddit's not going anywhere though so like that i think that's that's (laughs) That's exactly what I'm talking about right there. Yes, like, sir. Yeah. What was the easiest way for people to reach you? Uh, easiest Don't. way? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> um, go to blackskin.com, B-L-K-S-K-N-N.com. And from there, you can reach me everywhere. You can click the Instagram thing at the bottom. You can click and listen to my music. You can watch videos. You can see my next shows. Like, you can see everything from there, you know? That's the easiest way to figure out how to reach me is to just go to my website. Hell yeah. yeah. And uh, tell the audience what your project's called again. Day in the Life. It is Day in the Life, uh, created by me and Zachariah, uh, available everywhere you listen to music at. Hell yeah. yeah. This is the NAS Podcast with... Black Skin. And we did it. Yeah.